welcome to this week's episode of Say What You Mean. I'm Jeff. Are you Jeff? My name is Jeff. My name, Jake. Me llamo Jake. Me llamo Jake. Como mm-hmm. estas? How was your birthday? Dude, so great. I didn't know any more Spanish, so I had to change the song. Yeah, yeah. You're like, yeah. oh no, you ain't trapping me into a corner. <laughs> uh, it was not good. Not good. Um, I'm sorry. I had a birthday party like a few years ago. And this this will sound, you can relate to this. This sounds so like a Jake birthday. Mm. <laughs> um, but, you know, usually everyone would hit me up and be like, dude, what are we doing for your birthday? Like, you always do something like, where are we going? What are we doing? Like, one year we went to Frenchman's and we just played volleyball for hours and like drank and like swam and it was awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, that's just one example. And then we would go, we'd go to like this uh barcade that was off hawthorne one year and it was that was like the last like really good one i had we went to this bar they had cornhole at the bar outside so we did that for a few hours mm. not for you maybe like an hour then we went across the street to the barcade played all these arcade games it was a blast and then last year pre-covid so two years ago um the september before covid i was like all right what do you guys want to do and everyone's like yeah well i don't i don't really think i'm gonna come out and eh, you know whatever and i was mm-hmm. like oh okay cool so there's this like bar right right down the road it's like called vault 46 or something like that and it's like a arcade like they they have all video games like systems like Xboxes, PlayStations, Switches, Super hmm. Nintendos. Like I think I remember this birthday. I did not come. Yeah, nobody did, Jake. <laughs> so Jesse came, Cody came, Brian came, and they're just like, "So uh, this is it? Uh, cool." And I was like, "All right, I'll just." I'm kind of drunk. I'll just go home. You want to play on Xbox when we get home, Jess? And Jess is like, "Sure." So that's what we did. Really? Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> so since then, it's just like. I mean, I'm also 35 now, so it's like I guess I guess that's birthdays now. Like, no fun. No one likes you. Let's just let's just move on. We get it. Birthday, cool. All right, all right, fine. Fuck it. So this weekend, Sunday, mm-hmm. my sister, niece, mom, grandma, dad, Cheyenne, and Jen, we were all here. We all had pizza. Mm-hmm. And then Jen was like, what do you want for desserts? And she's, I was like, I don't know, because I'm, I'm not really a dessert person. But she's like, come on, what do you want? Because she is a dessert person. <laughs> and I was like, I kind of want, like, I don't know. She's like, do you want, like, cake? I'm like, no. She's like, what about donuts? I was like, only if they're voodoo. And so they got voodoo donuts for me. Nice. Yeah. So um, my there's, favorite. There's a voodoo donuts opening right by the mall. Is there? Yeah. Oh, that could be troublesome. Because um, the one that I go to. I went after your football game, and mm-hmm. now it's like that's where I go now. That, like, that's the spot we go. I've gone like three times since. Really? Yeah. Um, my go-to donut is the old dirty bastard. You've told me about this one, but it's I pretty can... good. It's like Oreo uh, with peanut butter drizzle. Mm. It's awesome. Oreo crumble on it. Um, so we hung out, and then we played some Jackbox games, and that was fun. Yeah, it was a good time. Um, and then I was like, all right, everyone. Uh, so then we watched big brother with no big brother wasn't on because they were playing the stupid, what was the award show this weekend? Emmys. Emmys. So they didn't have an episode of big brother. Uh, Great. Cool. Oh dude, I did watch the entire first season of Lego masters this weekend. Is that what they, they have the show where like they build Legos competition? It's like cake wars. 
but is it Cake Wars where they build the yeah, cakes? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's I mean, exact, I think I've never watched exact it. Exact yeah. concept, but Legos. Hmm. It's I mean, that's right up your awesome. alley because you build Legos. Well, I was watching it and I was like, I'm gonna I'm gonna build my Legos. <laughs> so I got that's why I build Fox because I was like, I'm gonna watch this and build Legos. So you've had Hedwig built. Yes, Hedwig it just used to be up there. Yeah, uh, she's up here, I think. Okay. Um, and then Fox, and then I got the shelf. Um, when we cleaned out Cheyenne's room, and so now I'm just gonna put all my. I have another Batman, uh, cowl coming that I'm gonna put up on that shelf. You've shown me that one. Yeah, that was really 1966. Cool. Can't wait. Uh, anyway, so I watched all of season one and started season two, and kind of got dude. Cool show. I love it. These people are insane. I don't know how they even think of to build these things or use Legos in ways that they're using them. Um, so that day was good. Yesterday was my birthday. And yeah. <laughs> what? I just, I, okay. So, like, I don't, I don't want to put someone's, all of someone's drama on blast on the internet, but let's just say. I have a kid now who's at the age where they're writing each other notes and we're getting her ready for school and a note happens to be in her bag and Jen reads it and it's like, okay. And Jen's like, do you want to come and have a talk about this note at six in the morning, seven in the morning? I'm like, sure. Great way to start your birthday. Yeah. So I get up and I'm like, come on, dude, what's going on? That's not mine. I'm like, okay. Like, I don't believe you. <laughs> like, whatever. I don't care. So, anyway, so I dealt with that. That's what got me up early. And then Jen was like, all right, what do you want for breakfast? And I was like, I don't know. She was, she's like, I could order something. I was like, Sherry's is right there. I said, get me a club sandwich from Sherry's with tots. Mm. And, I, and she's like, okay. So then I, I can't remember what I was doing. I, was, I went and like laid back down in bed and then Jen's on the phone with Sherry's and she's like, Hey, they don't have tots. And I'm like, just get fries. And she's like, okay. So then she like, she's like, all right, you want to go get it? And I was like, yeah, she goes, you get a free Dutch today. You want to go to Dutch too? And I was like, sure. Hell yeah. So we go to Dutch and we pick it up and then we go to Sherry's and then we come home, we sit down and we open it all up and it's like a California club. Oh, no. It had, like, avocado. and It had, like, a chicken breast. Oh, no. And I was just like, okay. I mean, I like those. Mm-hmm. But when you're thinking you're getting a classic club. Yeah. And that's, we all know that's my dream. And mm-hmm. that's all I wanted for my birthday. <laughs> and it wasn't. Ugh. So then we just hung out and then ate. And then this was actually pretty cool. My uncle lives in Colorado. And him and his wife drove through montana up to like tacoma and visited her family and then Mm. drove down i-5 and we're visiting my mom and my grandma and then yesterday morning after we had breakfast and stuff he came over and just him uh his wife was with the dogs but him he came over and we visited for like an hour and a half i always get comparisons of like him and i like how much we look alike but now that I'm like older and I, I'm getting older, you know, and I've only I've no, I, you know, my my some of my strongest memories of my uncle are of him when he was my age. Mm. So now like him and I are talking and I'm just like, holy shit, dude, I am so much like this person. It is insane. Like he's a he's a he's a boss. He's a supervisor. And he's talking about like how he just handles people. And it's a hundred and ten percent just so similar he's just like i don't care just do your job and and then we're good like he's not like micromanaging Mm -hmm. he's not over the top he's just like 
just as long as you're leaving me alone and getting it done, we're good. Like, and I'm, I operate 110% that way. Mm-hmm. So it was just funny. Just get, just talking. And, yeah. um, so we talked a lot about that. We talked about paranoid, we talked about our work, talked about all that. So it was fun to visit with him and catch up. Um, I want to go to Colorado because Matt, Jen's cousin also lives in Colorado and mm-hmm. not too far. So I told him, uh, cause he didn't bring his wife, Jen. I was like, okay, so I got to go to Colorado to, to visit with my aunt. Just busting his chops a little bit. And he's like, come. And so I think next year we're going to try to just, cause I've never seen the Rockies. Mm. So I want to drive. I want to drive there. I think yeah. it'd be fun mm-hmm. to drive through the Rockies and, and then go visit Matt and my uncle Scott. And now there's like more reasons to do it. Definitely. Um, so that was great. But now I'm exhausted, and yeah. i got to go to work, mm-hmm. and we have a new system. And then the guy I'm training was like, hey, I have a lot going on in my personal life. I can't come in today. And everyone's like, dude, he called in on your birthday? <laughs> I'm like, I'm going to find out when his birthday is next year. I'm requesting it off. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to do it on purpose. Oh, so wow. then he can't do it. Mm-hmm. So then he can't so request then you to, it. So you had to work a long day. Dude, I was exhausted. Like, I had my hood up. Like, just don't even look at me like everyone knew like oh shit jeff's on one and i was like yeah i'm not feeling good here's an interesting story just i'll tell you this real quick so one of my drivers and i are talking and uh, he's like he's going through some 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 relational things and i start telling him about some similar relational things that i'm seeing like my brother go through um he separated my brother separated with his uh wife and she's a dumb bitch and i don't like her um and I'm telling him all about like this and he and I'm like cuz he's like kind of going through those things. I'm like, "Look, like this is kind of how my brother's navigating through it. Maybe you consider these things or whatever." He's like, "For sure, for sure." And then so we changed subjects and then he's like, "Dude, you should add me on Facebook." And I was like, "Look, I don't really like to add people I work with on Facebook, but we're cool. Like we we have been mm-hmm. cool. Uh add me." So then he, I add him and I I'm looking at f- friends that we are similar with and he's friends with my brother's ex and I'm like, what the fuck? And he's like, wait, 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 that's your brother? And I was like, why are you friends with her? And it just was, it was so weird. Why was he friends with her? I guess he had known her for a long time. Oh, really? They didn't really talk, but they were like Facebook friends. Mm. And uh, yeah, it was just so, what a weird thing. Like, especially because I had been talking about it and like talking about personal details, but Mm -hmm. like, and then he ends up knowing her and I was like, what? Anyways, it was pretty interesting. Small world. Yeah, it was super weird. Super weird. Um, but so Shy and I and Jen, I'm just rambling. Sorry. I hope that's okay. You're fine. Um, <laughs> I'm not putting up. you to this sleep. This is catch-up time. No. Um, Only if you're talking about Big Brother. I know. Which, Stop thankfully, it. there wasn't an episode this week. It's on tonight. I'll tell you about it tomorrow. Great. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Jen and I were kind of thinking about this thing, like talking about gifts, right? So sometimes, sometimes when you have kids, you can just – I've seen it. Like people just give the crap. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, there you go. See ya. And it's like, now your kid just has crap all the time. I know. So Jen and I was like, what, what do we do? I was, uh, Jen had heard about some people doing like two want, uh, like a, two wants and a need or something like that. Mm. And I was like, that's really cool. I was like, we should just implement that for the whole family. So like, I'll give you a list of wants and needs and then you guys can choose accordingly. And Jen's like, okay. And I was like, and we'll just do that so that it's like minimal. Like, you know, so I need it. So I sent them a list and for what they got me were super cool. They got me, they got me a few wants. I can't remember what else they got. So they got me the Batman cow Lego. Mm-hmm. They got me butch, uh, pop figure for WSU. Mm-hmm. And then they got me, 
So that's three needs. They got me three needs and a or three wants and a need. Mm. Um, so no, no, it's two wants and a need, and then either a book or an article of clothing. Oh, so okay. I I wanted a book. Um, I've been wanting this book for a long time. I saw it one time when we took my grandma to Powell's, and I was like, this book sounds amazing, but I couldn't couldn't come to like spending that much money on a book. Wait, what's the book? It's right here. They got it for me. Okay. It's called Native Hoops. The Rise of American Indian Basketball, 1895 to 1970. Interesting. Okay. I, my heart just dropped. Why? Because I have a present for you. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, oh, shit. Let me read this to you. Uh, is it a book, Jake? <laughs> no. <laughs> Not a book. It says, Indian basketball was born of hard times and hard places. Its evolution traceable back to boarding schools or, quote, Indian schools of the early, early 20th century. Davies describes the ways in which sport applied uh, as a tool of social control and cultural integration and how it was adopted and transformed by Native students for their own purposes, ultimately becoming the res ball that embodies Native American experience, identity, and community. Hmm. Native Hoop travels the continent from Alaska to North Carolina, tra- uh, tying the rise of basketball and Native sports history to sweeping educational, economic, social, and demographic trends through the course of the 20th century. What an interesting lens that dude look at. I picked it up and I was like, wait, what? And I was like, wait, Uh, just the title, Mm -hmm. you know, studying history. I was like, are they really going to look at that through this lens? Mm -hmm. And they do. And I was like, I want this. So they got me that book for my birthday. That's awesome. Dude, I'm stoked. I'm (sighs) unfortunately, I still have two months of school, but this is like top of the list want to get get into and mm-hmm. get through for sure you'll have to update me on then that sound cool yeah like just that whole experience and then through the lens of basketball mm-hmm. so cool anyways that's birthday recap birthday recap yeah so i'm sorry your birthday wasn't great i mean it's just like and COVID doesn't allow for anything yeah you know so i, I would love to go out and have you know, go somewhere mm-hmm. and play and like do things. I like to do that. Like going to an arcade, like that's fun for me. I like playing arcade games and being competitive and talking shit with my friends. And now I can't ever see my friends. And yeah, some are making stricter choices regarding COVID because of children. And it's like, I'm over it because I miss those people. Mm-hmm. And luckily I get to talk to them every week when we game. It's that's not the same though. It's not the same. Like I miss hugging my friend, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? And like seeing his children and, <sighs> yeah it sucks it yeah. sucks but i mean you guys haven't even met your newest children like, i know that's what's crazy it like that's your best crazy. friend and they haven't even yeah yeah nuts yeah f yeah. covid dude i'm so ready for it to be over me too i mean technically it is over i mean yeah <laughs> it, we just have to let it be over yeah if you stop l- just letting it control your life then it won't mm-hmm. until you <laughs> die um well, on a happier note, well, I mean, I have I have something for you. Okay. I mean, it's it's not a it's not a book. It's not a book. <laughs> it is a book. But I hope I hope you like it. I found it. Okay. I was sifting through Barnes and Noble for like two hours trying to find. It's your special day. Oh, right. Says. Mm-hmm. Okay. I think very you'll, I, up my alley. I think you'll like it. It's definitely in the vein of history. There is a tragic few amount. Of Latin American history books at Barnes and Noble, I think Barnes and Noble should fix that. Interesting. I had it took me forever to even find it because there was a section mm-hmm. in history. It said Americas. It yep. wasn't even like a top plaque. It oh. was like a little plaque on a shelf. Mm-hmm. And dude, 
I kept, I'm like, this can't, I'm like, I looked at like, there was like a quarter of a book bookshelf and I'm like, that can't be it. And then I go down, drop down. I'm like, this is Africa. And then this is ancient <laughs> Europe. I'm like, where is it? And, and finally I just found. Have you seen the jerk? I was looking, I mean, I was looking for that cause I Googled like. Oh, good, this one. Yeah. Oh. So I Googled that. I mean, if you read the synopsis, it's, it's really good. He, they, uh, it's kind I'm of. I'm going an, to read it on the air once you're done talking okay. about it. Gotcha. Anyway, so <laughs> Barnes and Noble, you should definitely fix that yeah. because. Write um, your local Barnes and Noble. It's just, Have it's, you, it's, frust- it's frustrating that like there's that little, I was like appalled by it. They, there was like a million things on the British monarchy, yeah. like shelves on the British monarchy and nothing on Latin America. That's Thankfully they I, had this That's book, why but. I focused it, I think, on mm-hmm. when I, in our undergrad, because it's like you run into situations like that and it's like, dude, come on. Like there's so much history there. Um, have you seen The Jerk? The jerk. Yeah. No, I haven't. Okay, so it's Steve Martin, and there's a scene where he's working for a carnival, and he's guessing people's weights, and he's, like, giving away big prizes, and the guy who's running the carnival is like, no, 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 no. You don't give away any of these prizes. You just give away these little, like, chiclet gum right here. And it, just the way he goes from this to, like, the minor, like, little shelf area I instantly thought of that scene when you're talking about how, like, here's history, but no, here's America's, but no, here's South America, <laughs> but no, here's Middle America. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It yeah. just gets smaller. It's, I'm going to post that clip for this week's episode. You should. For sure. I want to see that because I love, I have fallen in love with Steve Martin because of only. Uh, Wait, Murders haven't you building. watched Steve Martin before? I've seen uh, 13 going on. No, that's the Jennifer Garner. What is the one like Cheaper by the Dozen? Cheaper by the Dozen. I've seen that movie. That's it? What about um, like Father of the Three Bride? Amigos? I've seen Three Amigos. Okay. I've seen Father of the Bride. Um I ha- and I've seen a lot of his um like the one he like the skit that he did with Dan Aykroyd, Two mm. Wild and Crazy Guys or yeah. whatever. Like I've seen that. I don't but. watch I mean I I say that, but I haven't really watched enough Steve Martin. Like Dirty Rotten Scoundrels is like a must see of Steve Martin and I haven't watched it. I've never seen that one. Dude, it's supposed to, it's like him and Michael Caine and they're trying to like they're like con artists and they're trying to out who can be the worst con artist. Mm. It sounds amazing. Yeah. Um Martin Short on the other hand, I've seen a ton of Martin Short movies and I love Martin Short and for those of you who decided to heed our advice and watch Only Murders in the Building, um we were in a group chat with others who are also watching it, and I was expressing my love for Martin Short, and it was pointed out it's because I am Martin Short. <laughs> <laughs> and I was just like, oh, shit. Like, that's me, for sure. For sure. Like, it just, oh, he cracks me up. Mm-hmm. Not all entirely, but yeah, just no, the, I, I get some it. characteristics. Like, yeah. All right, this book, uh, Open Veins of Latin America, Five Centuries of the Pillage of a, con- a Continent. That sounds already depressing and totally up my alley. <laughs> Since its U.S. debut, the brilliant text has set a new standard. This brilliant text has set a new standard for historical scholarship of Latin America. It is also an outstanding political econo- ec- economy and a, a social and cultural narrative of the highest quality and perhaps the finest description of primitive capital accumulation since Marx. Whoa. Uh, rather than chronology, geography, or political successions, uh, Galeno has organized the various facets of Latin American history according to the patterns of five centuries of exploitation. 
Dude, I like that. Natural resources such as gold, coffee, and copper are the veins in which he traces through the body of the entire continent up to the Rio Grande throughout the Caribbean and the all the way to the open ends where they empty into the coffers of wealth in the United States and Europe. Weaving fact and imagery into a rich tapestry, Galeno fuses scientific analysis with passions of a plundered and suffering people. All readers interested in great historical, economic, political, and social writing will find an overwhelming narrative that makes history speak unforgettably. Dude, thank you so much. Yeah, you're welcome. That's going to be... I literally have like... Where is it? One of these shelves is like half of right there mm-hmm, i know latin I was, america mexico all that yeah no i was spying that why um why you, you? why you were uh, saying goodnight to cheyenne i was <laughs> like i don't think he has it i don't nope, think he has nope. it all right then there's my little latino section dude. Mm-hmm, i see it yep conquest of mexico latin america modern latin america oh yeah dude well you have a better selection than uh barnes and noble <laughs> barnes and i can give you that That's terrible well thank you dude you're welcome books 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 i have so many books I need to just start reading, dude. Like I think once you graduate, and once I'm done, dude, I'm just gonna hammer out books, just like a creep. Mm-hmm. I know I kind of broke my rule because I always remember people like giving me books when I was in school, and I'm like, "Do you think I have time for this?" Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I'm like, and then I just bought you. Yeah. I was like, I'm never gonna buy anybody who's currently in school <laughs> a book, and then I buy you a book. Yeah, but, but my school's fucking easy. Yeah, and you're almost done. Yeah, I know. Anyway, so how have you been? How I, ho- was your I hope week? you. Anyway, I hope you like it. I'm gonna like it, dude. Okay. I think it's a good. Um, I just remember when we were reading um, how uh, how democracies die, mm. and they were when the authors of that book mm-hmm. were analyzing democratic breakdowns yeah. in Central America. How yes. much you really like liked that kind of. Like that kind of history. Yeah, oh yeah. And so I when I was reading the synopsis of this online, I was like, Oh, that seems like Jeff would really like that. So it's anyway. got like a quote from Hugo Chavez. This book is a monument in our Latin American history. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> um I took a like a they didn't offer any Latin American courses mm-hmm. at WSUV. Uh, prior to I can't remember her name now but the professor that they did eventually Mm -hmm. I think in the last year get um, but once she came I was like yes like I want to learn this and then and then throughout the program like anytime there was an opportunity to kind of dive into Latin American history like I would try to do so Mm -hmm. or like it like with the 300 and all that they there was a opportunity for me to explore and kind of take it on my own and, and, and investigate that stuff but there wasn't really an opportunity to learn about it Mm -hmm. which sucks yeah, but it's a really under. I mean, it's criminally under underdeveloped. The research, mm-hmm. yeah, and writings, yeah, yeah, for sure. I think there's a lot there. Uh, maybe, maybe I'll just just go ham on it. Well, it just shows you how Eurocentric mm. our like our history writers are. For I sure. mean, and and what we consume, mm-hmm. right? I mean, people are only buying books and publishing books that they think are going to sell. I was thinking publishing, so, like who are the gatekeepers mm-hmm. of what's produced and, and published and stuff. For sure. Yeah. I mean, in Africa too. I mean, yes. Africa is criminally like, mm-hmm. I mean, we, I, I was just watching a, um, uh, a biographics, uh, which is this YouTube channel that I really like. And he, uh, he was, um, talking about the history of the, of the Congo, mm. um, through colonialism to present day. And it's just like, this is all stuff like I didn't know anything about like anything about and there's like 
outside of I me mean, outside of africa like outside of africa the only lens in which i have to view africa mm-hmm. is through colonial like through the european eyes yes. of colonialism yes. okay you didn't take african history no i did oh dude how many countries are in africa i don't know the total number what would you guess i looked it up so i know it's not fair oh goodness i would not have guessed this many i'm gonna go 45 54 really yeah you're dyslexic i knew there was oh right (laughs) i knew there were a lot yeah i know there's a lot i just um especially um especially in modern day with with Mm post-colonialism when a lot of those countries like broke up and then um splintered off yeah but uh but that's what i'm saying like people just it's a giant ass continent and people are just like africa well like kong the congo yeah in terms of space Mm -hmm. like in terms of geographic space the Congo uh, is the 11th largest country. Oh, wow. In the world. Wow. And I th- it's funny how, like, I remember Dr. Welchel pointing this out, and, like, how our maps are drawn. Mm, yeah, I've seen it. It really, like, this. When it's like, too scale. It, shr- it shrinks Africa. So mm-hmm. we, get, we have this understanding. We have, like, this, or this spatial view of yep. Africa as being small but it's really it's just like it's ginormous like yeah a super large continent you're looking at it it's bigger than in the u.s but it's not much bigger and think of all the different cultural diversities yeah. in like present from north africa Have you to south seen, africa. Like, and yet we think of all of it we a lot of times i think we think of africa as a monolith yes and that's my point and it's just not yeah. like right and so and then uh like there's so um and then for me um there's a lot of like the writings about like it's the dark like Africa is the dark continent. Oh yeah, and then with that, there's a lot of mysticism around it, and which leads into all sorts of other kind of colonial way of thinking, imperial way of thinking about um, African societies as being backwards and primitive, and mm-hmm. um, and we still have so much of that to to break in our own minds, and the fact that there's not a lot of available literature, like everything's is just crazy. elongated to mm-hmm. show the scale. Yeah. But like the U.S. and all those Western countries, all those European countries are just squished up at the top. Mm-hmm. They're tiny. And that's massive. Yeah. That's a mass. It's a continent. Fucking huge. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And yet we think of it as this distant land that's yep. like inconsequential. And there's nobody really there that we, we almost talk about it in a passive way. As For sure. It doesn't really matter. And yeah. Yet, there's 54 countries. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's estimated that like the con- like underneath the con- like underneath the surface of the Congo mm-hmm. is 24 trillion dollars in untapped precious metals. Jesus. And so like, but it makes you wonder why are people in the Congo so poor? And then you get into those questions of exploitation mm-hmm. and political economy and you know legacies of colonialism. And all of like so anyway anyway so it's just you can go down the rabbit you can easily go down the rabbit hole with that so um that's that's kind of where my brain has been in hyperdrive the last couple of last couple of weeks has it yeah I just want to touch on one thing uh, Heart of Darkness by Joseph Conrad yeah did you ever read it I uh, I start I have read excerpts from okay it. so that was one of the the books I read um, when I was an English major for that. That mm. one semester, and that's that's talking about uh, King Leopold and the the Belgian mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. colonization of the yeah. Congo. Yeah. yeah, and reading that, that's what helped me discover how my love for history was. It's it's a narrative about a historical time mm-hmm. and historical uh, actions and behaviors and and desires and 
exploitations. And what I loved about the story, I love breaking it down, right? I love deconstructing English literature, just literature in general. Um, but what I was like, you know what? I really like learning more about the historical context, not only in which it was written, but what it was written about. Hmm. And that's kind of what led me to history. Yeah. Anyways, your mind's on hyperdrive where I feel like mine has been... Like, I'm trying to slow down. <laughs> but also, I'm also, like, trying to, like... Like, I'm trying to focus on school, but I also want to be thinking about things, like, it, it, since last week and just talking more about challenging our thoughts and getting in these mental exercises and all this stuff. Last week, I printed all this shit out, and today, I didn't print out anything. So, I'm like, Jake's going to be mad at me. Things going on in our lives. <laughs> what are you What are you thinking about? What are you pondering in your life? Well, there's... So, I was kind of... Disapp- I've been kind of disappointed with myself. Okay. I think post election i have really u.s election post u.s election i have really um i think we all just needed a collective breath yes me in particular Mm -hmm. needed it a break from politics Mm -hmm. and that even included my first love foreign policy Mm -hmm. and i'm just like i feel like we're in decent hands yeah like i don't have to not that me reading about what is going on in Syria or in Azerbaijan or whatever mm-hmm. was was going on Yemen was going to change in the outcome at all. But I felt like I needed to read about all of these current events, everything that was going on, uh, because it was important. And not that it wasn't important, but I just felt like, OK, I don't <laughs> have to worry about the United States just getting themselves randomly into a quagmire here. Yeah. Um, you're also the, you're, you're, you even thinking about thinking about it is more thought than anyone else is putting into it. (laughs) Well, I don't want to seem like, okay, well, I, I stopped paying attention once Biden became president. Once my guy was in office, I can stop caring. And to an extent I, that I kind of fell into that bias. So I have re-engaged into the realm of international relations. Oh, I can tell. (laughs) And I am frustrated with Biden. Okay. I don't know if you saw I me. Mean, I posted I an article today from Foreign Policy Magazine. I didn't have time to read it. I started reading it. And I was like, oh, this sounds interesting. It is. like, So he's kind of, he's taking heat. And as he should. And I'm glad mm-hmm. that. The pub, these publications, mm-hmm. at least on the margins. Now, Foreign Policy Magazine is not a major news yeah. source. Yeah, it's not Washington Post. It's not New York Times, but it still has a pretty f- big number of follow- right. fo- followers and readers, and it and it is very influential within that very specific world of foreign mm-hmm. policy. Like, so and like, they were v- and they were critical and vocal about Trump and his foreign policy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And basically what they're saying, and as I've decided, I'm like, okay, that's an interesting article. Let's see how truthful it is. Mm-hmm. And I have some bones to pick with a, with a few things that they are, that this author brought up. But I do think that he, with, I think their overall argument that basically Biden is just continuing Trump's foreign policy, or at least having a short-term transactional style foreign policy, maybe not the same goals uh, the exact same goals, but really kind of following the same kind of stumbling, short run gains, uh, America first, wrapped in a more palatable yeah. language, rhetoric, um, style, form, policy. And I'm like, you know what? It, it kind of feels that way. 
Okay. It kind of feels that way. So like, like take Afghan and take Afghanistan, right? So Biden has constantly said, "I am going to." We're America is back under me. America yeah. will be back with my presidency. We're like we're going to re retake up the mantle of American leadership globally, mm -hmm. but we're also going to make sure we prioritize and take care of our allies, right? Because we need our allies to combat the real threat, which the Biden administration has identified as China, and everything seems to be repivoting to near peer competitions. How do you feel about that, real quick? How do I feel about it reframing to China? Yeah. Uh, I, I agree with it. What was the enemy prior to this reframing? Well, it was it, it was still legacy of the Bush doctrine. This kind of nation building. Okay. Um, putting out fire, putting out little fires around the world without mm -hmm. really getting into because at that point they're really I mean, to their credit, their Russia was down, mm -hmm. had been still hadn't really recovered since the fall of the Soviet Union. They weren't the power they once were. They weren't a geopolitical player. They weren't mm -hmm. threatening the sovereignty of, of nation states around the world. They weren't at that point hacking other like hacking other countries elections, right. election meddling. Uh, and China wasn't expanding into the South China Sea. China hadn't started its Belt and Road Initiative mm -hmm. until 2000, really 2015. So all of these new global challenges of Russia uh, with their cyber attacks and kind of pushing uh, the Atlantic Alliance um, by invading the U Ukraine, trying to hack elections throughout Europe right. and the United States, and then also China's expansion both geopolitically yeah. uh, and with actual just physical boundaries right. in the South China Sea. So these are all fairly new mm -hmm. um, challenges. And uh, Trump and Biden, to their credit, have both uh, rightfully identified China as the real threat to American hegemony mm -hmm. abroad and getting involved in money. That's what it's threatening. Yeah. Threatening. American hegemony okay. and, Amer and economic dominance. Okay. Um, we don't want to see a a rule. We don't want to see a real a rules based world dictated by China. Mm -hmm. Both uh, foreign policy experts in the United States have said that as the greatest threat to American security is a mm -hmm. rise in China and a supplanting of China on the global stage. So right. we have to do everything we can to balance against that. It's a new Cold War. Mm -hmm. It is what it, yeah. that's what it is. It's a Cold War, um, and Trump thought Trump thought that he could. Um, take on China by itself. Mm -hmm. Biden has said we we need to have our allies. We need right. to form coalitions to go about that. That was his campaign. Those that was his campaign rhetoric. Mm -hmm. And it seems, to some extent, like he's kind of flaunt. He's kind of somewhat done that and some somewhat not done that. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you've kept kept up with what's going on with France and Australia. In Australia, I mean, yeah. what why France, France is, is pissed. pissed? Yeah, um, France is pissed because we basically embarrass them on the national stage yeah. is really what it came down one we cost them billions of dollars but two uh we embarrassed them yeah uh so the those of you know we're not taught what i'm talking about is AUKUS. a-u-k-u-s stands for australia u-k-u-s really um really well thought out there mm -hmm. um the uh so basically what um the Biden administration had done is they secretly and this was really actually really well kept secret uh they negotiated a agreement between the United States and Aust between UK and Australia to sell our very, very coveted nuclear sub technology. Mm -hmm. Nobody else has it 
and we've actually been able to keep it very, very much under wraps. It gives us domination on the seas. Mm-hmm. Our submarines would destroy Chinese Chinese naval, uh, the Chinese Navy just with our submarines alone. Like mm-hmm. we have because of the, the how quiet they are, how efficiently and fast they can travel because of nuclear power. All almost everybody else's subs are fossil fuel driven. Mm. And so Australia five years ago had reached a deal with France to buy uh, $66 billion worth of their subs. Okay, which are fossil fuel. Which are fossil fuel powered. <laughs> and the United States comes in and saying, okay, well, well if we're going to... If we're going to reef... If we're, if we're, we're reef... We're repit... We're pivoting... Is proximity? What's that? Is that why? It's proximity. Okay. Yeah. So because Australia can now... Now with nuclear America's nuclear powered yes. subs offers a basically in theater balance against China's aggression. Yeah. So now we can now with Australian nuclear powered subs patrolling Indochina in yeah. the in the Straits. Yeah. It it that's a that's a added that is that is now a military buffer and balancing against China in the region. Interesting. Strategically, it makes real. It makes a lot of sense. The things that are frustrating with Biden is that one, he hasn't re- he hasn't even talked about rejoining the CPTPP, which was originally just the TPP, which was the Trans-Pacific Partnership, which was um, something that was negotiated and signed by his predecessor, which is a regional trade negotiation mm-hmm. between basically all Pacific Rim countries. Then I, Trump signed us left. We left that agreement on the first day of Trump's presidency. It's the worst deal ever made. It was, it was the worst decision ever made by leaving the Trans-Pacific Partnership because it wasn't about economics. It was yeah. about regional balancing against China mm-hmm. because it got all of those economies against China and excluded China. Right now, China has applied for membership in the CPTPP. Oh, so you're you're basically like so. There's a vacancy. There's a vacancy. Mm-hmm. And I'm not really sure why Trump, like Biden mm-hmm. hasn't moved to try to at least, if not, maybe he is behind the scenes. We don't right. know. But it doesn't well, appear. Mean, running these Australia but, deals. But it doesn't appear to be. It, appear, it appears to be that, that Biden is valuing military might mm-hmm. above the long-term economic power Okay, that, re, that like a regional... Uh, trade agreement mm-hmm. would bring in terms of uh, kind of bringing China to heel. Right. And it's, I don't know if the, the countries may reject China. Yeah. We don't know, but I do know it's frustrating that Biden doesn't seem to be um, at least trying to create inroads in with that, with that trade agreement. Mm-hmm. Also not bringing France into the into AUKUS mm-hmm. was a was kind of a huge misstep. Mm-hmm. One, it embarrassed our one of our greatest allies. France has a um, France has a uh, has a was one of the few European powers that has a naval presence mm-hmm. prior to AUKUS in Indo in the Indochina region. Mm, interesting. Why Biden decided to not even communicate AUKUS with with Paris right. is. I don't understand it. I don't. I don't get it. Why he would How leave France out of it? How long has been a thing? August. Mm-hmm. Three months. That's it. Yeah. It was. It was. They started negotiations three months ago. Oh shit. 
I don't I don't have a reason then. Why? What were you thinking? Just a global shift to uh, nationalism and far right, and the threat that might pose on France and leadership in France. So it's interesting you bring that up. Yeah. Because I think there's a component to that. So uh, Mac- yes. Macron, <laughs> Macron, um, lately. Yeah. Uh, Macron, who's a who is a centrist. Mm-hmm. He's center left, which in France is pretty conservative Mm -hmm. considering that they've elected socialists to be president of France. Right. Um, Most recent being Nicolas Sarkozy uh, in like 2008. Uh Uh, Anyway, Macron is a center who is getting punched from both extremes. Right. The, 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 the progressives, the socialists in France hate him. The far right hate him. And to kind of, as he's feeling pressure, because his greatest um, election threat as he's coming up for reelection next year is the this push from the far right who as you, you're seeing these movements throughout western democracies yeah, for sure this trying to like make france great again yeah. revitalize the empire germany bring bring, UK. bring france back to the pro the the preeminence or the prominence that it once was on mm-hmm. the global stage so f- you have seen a lot of that rhetoric change in Macron kind of maybe France, he's, he's floated this idea that maybe France needs to take up European leadership. France might need to go it alone in foreign policy, um, putting his Navy into Indochina, projecting French strength. Right. And then to be undercut by the UK and the United Mm -hmm. States, not only costing them $66 billion, which is a huge like economic, uh, loss for mm-hmm. France right before an election where now Macron's mm-hmm. going to have to be, we lost that con like $66 billion is a lot to take a hit on. Mm-hmm. And then to be like, Oh wait, are we not actually like an important player on in international relations to be completely yeah. left out of balancing against China, for sure. which Biden has constantly said, we need all of our allies on board and then to leave France out. Right. Like that's embarrassing. I understand why France why France was pissed. Yeah, yeah. I get why Macron is pissed. Yeah. And I wonder if part of it is that F- Biden is pissed at France because Macron has been very critical of you know, of the United States just handling of Afghanistan and the in the months leading mm. up to uh the withdrawal. That's what Macron, I'm saying. Macron dude. had said we can't trust the United States and Afghanistan. Yeah. And a lot of European countries and other Middle Eastern countries are pissed as hell because they, because think about it. Afghanistan was a Nate was not just the United States. That was a NATO operation. Right. Almost every NATO country, which there's 29 and 29 of them mm-hmm. had boots on the ground to, or assets in the country mm-hmm. and how quickly Biden withdrew American troops most of the a lot of those countries couldn't get all of their assets out. There Jesus. are still foreign nationals from most European, most of our uh, European allies. allies yeah. They're still trying to get um trying to get their assets out. Oh my god! We and then also the 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 exodus of mm-hmm. refugees, right? Who are now at the borders of other Middle Eastern countries, mm-hmm. making their way to Europe, and Europe's like this is your clusterfuck and now we're having to mm-hmm. now we're having to deal with the ramifications of it. Yeah. So there's, there's security issues. There's immigration issues all brought up by this kind of haphazard exodus from Afghanistan. That's something I hadn't really thought of when we right. were talking about Afghanistan right, in the past, right. but now that I've 
brought myself back into international relations. I'm getting these arguments, right. and it's it's making a lot of sense. Anyway, on that on that front, the submarine thing is fascinating. Like, yeah, I find that fa- I just find that absolutely dude. They fascinating. got bone hard. They did, and, and they would, what the how that looks for Macron from the French people. Mm-hmm. He's got to be appearing weak to those, especially extremists on both sides. Yeah, regardless of what they want done mm-hmm. in their nation, looking at him as somebody who can't hang on the international level. Yeah, and now say Macron loses to a far right national yeah like Le- marie le pen mm-hmm. it's gonna be a lot harder to deal with france going forward and you have somebody who's not as willing to doesn't have that global thinking yep um that more that kind of um global citizen kind of view that macron has I mean, macron's not like the perfect um lofty liberal yeah he's no joe biden but <laughs> <laughs> right, so moving away yeah. from the from the security realm of international relations uh another area where um well also he's pissed off ukraine rightfully so with thumbs with uh biden oh because by uh, both, just, both poland and U- poland and ukraine are pissed at biden weren't they just at the united states or at the white house ukraine uh they may have been oh they're trying to convince they were trying to convince biden to put pressure on russia i think um, i did to not yeah. to uh bring their um their oil pipeline through ukraine mm. and that's going to cost ukraine a lot of money because it's going around ukraine at this moment into mm. into germany and they're trying to get biden to put pressure on both germany and russia to bring the pipeline both through poland and ukraine and mm-hmm. the path that it's taking is going to cut them out of that cheese and uh. they're right they're, now they're really pissed at biden which also is a security reason right now that they're less energy and now they're because i would allow them to also become more energy independent yeah now they're going to be more dependent on on yeah. on on different sources yes. for energy. So now that leaves them more open to Russian exploitation and Russian blackmail for mm-hmm. energy. So it's, Holy there's, crap. there's just a lot, there's a lot going on. I don't necessarily uh, blame Biden. You're not going to bat a thousand. Like I've always made this argument. You're right. never going to bat a thousand in international relations. Yeah, you're never going to win. Cool. Uh, but getting more towards the domestic side of this, uh-huh. he promised prior to the election that he was going to raise a refugee cap to 125,000. Mm-hmm. He hasn't done it. Yeah. We're almost a year into his, we're almost a year, a year to him being elected president mm-hmm. and he has not raised that cap. And that's something he can do unilaterally. Mm-hmm. And finally, after this Haitian mess, he's, Jesus. he's finally said, I will raise the cap to 125,000. He hasn't even touched it. We're still at Trump numbers. Yeah. Which is far below Obama numbers. Yes. And he said, I will do it in the fiscal year starting October 1st. That's, I'll do it in the fiscal, that's not, I'm going to do it October 1st. That's saying I'm going to do it, um, I'm going to do it sometime in the fiscal year of beginning October 1st. Because the fiscal year starts October 1st. Okay. It's not a calendar year. Gotcha. It's October 1st to September 30th. So he's he said he's going to do it. But he basically gave himself a year window to to do it. Yeah. Meanwhile, mm-hmm. you have Haiti, fourteen thousand Haitian refugees mm-hmm. sitting at our border. Yeah. Horrible imagery coming out of uh, U.S. Border Customs and Border Patrol officers on horseback chasing down Haitians as they're coming on shore, mm-hmm. whipping them. And Biden and Harris denounce it. That's you. You control yeah. Border Patrol, Customs and Border Patrol. That is a federal agency. Those yeah. are 
federal employees. Yeah. That's not government ad that's not government governor Abbott's henchmen. Mm-hmm. That is you. Yeah. It's gross. And then dude. they're and then they're deporting them. They're mm-hmm. not even telling the the deportees they're going back to Haiti. They landed and were like, wait, we're back? They thought they were going to Mexico or somewhere else to wait for asylum. We literally put them on planes and sent them back to Haiti. Oh my God. And we're using a Trump era policy. Yes, I saw that. And when, I did see that. To do that. Yeah. It's atrocious. I mean, is there that mentality or that argument? Like, look, dude, it's not me. This was in place prior to me being here. I'm not saying he's arguing that, but I could see a politician doing it. It would be a shitty argument. Yeah. One that none of us should buy. Oh, but they don't. Nobody knows better. To know that that's bullshit. Yeah, I mean, you're right. It just sucks. You just say things and people fucking listen. I know. I know. I know. It it sucks. It I does mean, suck. It's depressing. It is. It's a bummer, We're dude. better than that. He was supposed to be better than this. Yeah. Yeah. But again, who is the boss? Well, ultimately we are. Okay. So let's go fucking tell him, dude. Well, I'm telling. I mean, <laughs> in, in my capacity, being able to yeah. tell him, I'm telling him. Yeah. Now I hope to God that we don't. We're not faced with the op- with not having to face the op- the the horrible choice of having to vote for a like what eighty five year old Biden and Trump oh, in three God. years. Yeah. But I mean, at that point, we gotta choose. I mean, you got to choose one of them. Right. And I'll still take an 85-year-old Biden over Trump. Yeah. But I'm just saying I'm really disappointed in how. So now I'm seeing some um, news sources saying that many migrants from border camps staying in U.S., um, Haitian migrants being released into U.S. on a very, very large scale despite administration's um, assurances. Um I mean, it's a cluster. It's a cluster F. Yeah. The Texas town being let into U.S. report says, like the imagery aside. Okay, the uh, the whipping is gross. It's gross, dude. It's disgusting, and and the the contrast of skin color is just sickening. Mm-hmm. And the and the look of anger on the yeah. face, is- dude. I saw like looks of like not enjoyment, but like it's not phasing you. The way you would think whipping a fucking human being should. Well, they don't see them as humans. That's my point. Like, it's brutal. But then also, like, these people are just looking for, like, life. They're just looking to be able to wake up in the morning and not thinking you're going to die. Yeah. That's, but they're just looking for safety. Yeah. Yeah. It's, we're... We have to be better than this as a country. Mm-hmm. We can't accept that both of our parties. Mm-hmm. If we're going to be forced to have to vote for one of these two pieces of shit parties, yeah, like we need to make them better. Yeah, like yeah. this can't be us. We can't be cho- We cannot be voting between two parties that that this is the outcome. So what do we do? Everybody vote third party. 
to, I don't know what the solution is. I don't either because everybody's already the, the, we don't want to choose between the two of less lesser evils. Then that creates apathy, and then nobody mm-hmm. votes, and then Trump wins, and then better show out in the primaries. Yeah, care about primaries. Right, right. Care about off-year elections. Care right, about right, right. Uh, don't allow because every two years you were we're throwing out Congress and reelecting the House of Representatives every right. two years and like a third to a third to a half of the Senate. So care about non-president care about midterm elections right because if you if we actually say these are the candidates that are because you can't tell me not every republican or not every democrat who are running on those tickets that aren't being elected aren't wouldn't be better than who than the the people who are in power right Mm -hmm, now people mm -hmm. who are espousing ideas that are that would help us get to where we see ourselves as americans as we see our country so actually show up and vote the 83,000 83 million people that showed up to vote for Biden in two, in 2020 show up and vote in the midterms right. with the same enthusiasm with the same mandate saying we want change same concern same same dreams same ideas mm-hmm. same hope yeah because the second that that imagery came out and people started howling at Biden he said all right I'm going to up I'm going to up the um exactly i'm gonna up it exactly i'm gonna up the 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 refugee cap yep so put pressure on these people yeah there's a response like you're seeing a reaction to what the what we are saying Mm -hmm. it's there that's great that's a great example of of how it works and how it's supposed to work Mm -hmm. we talked about polls but that's another great example not i mean you have you have the media putting that pressure, but that media is only responding to the the what's going to get the clicks and the likes and the interest of us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because even Schumer called him out. Like Schumer was on the floor of the Senate and called Biden out for his what he said? his immigration policy, saying like, "Oh, start acting like the president that you say you were going to be on immigration." Mm, right. Because so far, all we're seeing is basically Trump. Yeah, exactly. Nothing's changed. As far as policy and rules. The the cages are still on the border. Yep. Family separation is still happening. Yeah. And now you've got Border Patrol people on horseback with cowboy hats whipping black people. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I don't... If you're going to be a one-term president, dude, YOLO. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, go for it. I mean, if, it, if it, I don't want those extremes, like so extreme, because of that sense of precedent, obviously. But if you're if you're there and you're in power, like let's do something. Why are we sitting on our hands regarding all this stuff? Well, maybe ultimately Biden isn't who he says he is. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I still think he's the better option than for Trump. sure. But that is going to that realization of. You know, he's just a career politician. That creates apathy. It's dangerous. Mm-hmm. Like, if you want people to vote and you want, if you really stood by change in voting and the system and democracy, which you won by, then then show, show us that our voice matters mm-hmm. and that what we voted for is going to put that in place because... If you have the majority of the fucking country putting you in the office, maybe you should make those changes because now you're going to create 
voter apathy for what? And now you're going to have, I don't, I don't know, it just seems like that pendulum is swinging. Mm-hmm. Like it didn't go all the way to as far as like people kind of been hoped. And it's going to come back and maybe there's apathetic voters who just don't show up. Why the fuck should I, dude? Look at Joe Biden. He said all this bullshit and he didn't do, a new, he didn't do anything about it. Then you have more of a split. Mm-hmm. Like that's how the Republican loses its identity because people don't really want to back Trump all the way, but then they're kind of, and now you have the same, you could get in and put the same shit in, in, in Democrats. Like Biden was fucking bullshit, dude. Now we're going to vote for this guy. We're going to vote third party or whatever. I'm not saying that they're going to lose their identity, but we've seen it happen. Mm-hmm. Well, I just, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking like, okay, we're Georgia, for yeah. example, they are able to rally the people who have never voted before. <laughs> amazing the the turnout in georgia was insane and it flipped a state that hadn't gone blue Mm -hmm. in forever right those people showed up to vote for a reason yeah they want yeah they wanted their voices heard but their voices heard means that they're something is going to happen change is going to happen they believe that change is going to happen that was going to benefit them yeah and so far the major things that would benefit them directly because I mean, these are there was the the major voter turnout was in the urban areas of Atlanta and the surrounding suburbs, mm-hmm. who would directly benefit from the the two main things they wanted to see. It was better enfranchisement with protection of voting, the voting like basically this Voting Rights Act, right? That has been stalled out, and then also the infrastructure bill, right? And Biden hasn't produced either one of them. Yeah. And yeah, you can argue, well, he would have been passed if McConnell wasn't playing all these tricks. Mm-hmm. But I don't, like we said, we don't know what kind of politicking is happening behind the behind the scenes. Gross. Mansion and cinema uh, are being complete like sticks in the mud, playing like not wanting to get on like not. They're like the mo- they're the moderate Democrats who are not wanting to get on board, and because of the way that the, they can't, you have to have even to get uh, if you're going to use budget reconciliation to pass the to pass uh, the, the infrastructure bill, mm-hmm. which the Senate parliamentarian says we can use the filibuster. We can only use the filibuster so many times. Like you can only use budget reconciliation so many times in a fiscal year. And so we have to wait for the end of the fiscal year. So who knows what's going to happen. But even with that, if Manchin and Cinema uh, don't vote along with their democratic colleagues, it still doesn't even pass on a, right. on a 50 vote majority. So uh 51 vote majority with Kamala Harris. So you have to, I don't know, man. It's it's tough, but the people who voted for Biden, hoping that they were going to see the change, the fundamental change, or just even marginal change that they were hoping to get mm-hmm. out of it, like three years is nothing. None of the none of that has passed. Yeah, what's the point of freaking showing up and voting again, especially exactly. as it becomes more difficult to vote? Exactly, like you have to go stand in line yep. on a work day for eight hours to mm-hmm. vote. And this guy was supposed to deliver all of that. All of the hard work, all of that canvassing that Stacey Abrams did, and yeah. all and uh, all of those those movers and shakers, all of the canvassers that went out during COVID and got these people out to vote, and then nothing happens. Like, dude, that's terrible. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know, man. I'm. I kind of wish my brain hadn't gotten into hyperdrive because <laughs> I have been. It's just, just dude, it's just depressing, Downing. man. It's depressing. Yeah. I mean. I will say that uh, Pasaki said the other day, like our entire administration has been like, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? 
I don't know. Crises after crises after crises. Like, it is a pandemic, right? Mm -hmm. And there's just all these things that are continually happening that they're going to have to continually manage. So I will say that that's not a pass at everything else. We still need to be critical. But I I just, like, if I'm going to give a pass to George Bush during 9-11, which I didn't at the time, but now having a better understanding of context and just trying to put myself in his shoes of what the fuck you do to react to that or mm-hmm. handle that. I can't even imagine. So in the same sense, like there's a lot going on right now that as the president of the United States, I couldn't even like, I couldn't do that fucking job, dude. Oh, hell no. Oh my God. Can you imagine dude? just a second, just take one second and just think about like, you start listing things in your head and you're like, Oh fuck. That. If, you, if you were a person who cared, Right? What do you mean? Like if you were, so Trump probably did was just fine. Yeah. Cuz his main goal was himself. Yes. If you even have someone who has an inkling of like the greater good. Yeah. Like I'm in this job. I mean there's always going to be self-interest to for being sure, president. Sure. You are drawn to power and you're going to get you're going to get stuff from that, right? Yeah. Like you have a personal interest in being there. But even if you're like a person who believes in like this is the office and like I want to do good by the American people. Mm-hmm. I, like, even if you have some semblance of that, yeah, that's got to be a stressful ass job. I can't even I imagine. You're responsible for an entire country, entire world, really. Yeah, I mean, if if you to position an extent, yourself there, yeah. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I, like for me, the frustration and like the pandemic and like just like uh, Trump. Everybody's like, let's just get a fucking vaccine. When Trump was president, just get a vaccine. Every uh, that was the like narrative from everybody mm-hmm. we don't want to wear fucking masks trump just get a vaccine and we'll do it we get a vaccine and nobody does it yeah like you can see like i mean we haven't even talked about like the the mandates the vaccine mandates federally and like all of these things that like the just the different things that is coming out from this administration regarding vaccinations and we have our own feelings and opinions on it but that is kind of I mean, if we wanted to dive into it, that's an interesting topic, right? That's an interesting thing. But it stems from frustration of nobody fucking doing it. Mm-hmm. Well, like, speaking of giving passes, like, I don't, and I'm sure this is probably not a hot take, but, yeah. like, I'm giving Biden a pass on the rise of COVID cases. I'm not blaming him for that. Right, 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 right. Where I did blame Trump for the rise of COVID yeah. cases. Yeah. Because clearly one is trying to do something. Yes. While the other one's not. That's a and great the, point. And the reason why... COVID cases are rising has nothing to do with Biden's policies. Yeah. He's tried to do and say all of the right things. I mean, to the point where he's man- making mandates. Like, people are pissed because he's pushing his executive powers, but it's like, he is to the point where he has to do something. Like, And they, that gets into the conversation of, like, what they're elected to do, right? To mm-hmm. govern. And, and what does that look like? And what do we allow that to be? And freedoms and liberties. But, dude, I can't imagine doing that job. Um, but it doesn't mean I give him pass and there's a lot, there's a lot. And for you, international politics and, and, um, all of that is, is kind of in foreign policy and that's, you're bummed out. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're just watching the way that it's being handled and you're like, I mean, you kind of, you kind of like, we're hoping he was going to be the international leader guy that you were, you were hoping for. Well, that was his rhetoric. Right. I mean that was his rhetoric, and yeah. he was he was coming from a Obama administration that had 
mean had its failures and its successes, for sure, but for, for sure. the most part, it it strengthened the international order quite mm-hmm. a bit under his presidency. Right. And as far as I know, I mean, Biden hasn't done anything to correct for the uh, the destruction of the World Trade Organization. Mm-hmm. That was that we saw under under uh, Trump, where basically Trump withheld the appointment of uh, justices to the uh, dispute resolution panel, mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and Biden hasn't lifted any of this, uh, any of the uh, the tariffs that Trump put in place. Why do you think that is? Well, I, I think build back better and talking about trying to strengthen middle-class America and middle-class jobs is just a refocusing of make of America first. Yeah. That's what I'm thinking. What is the benefit of him just not focusing on that stuff and just focusing on, like you said, build back better. That's that's a hundred percent. Make America great again. Build back better. <laughs> like make America great again. It's the same fucking slogan, dude. For the most part, yeah. I mean, it, it doesn't come with all of the dog whistling and like. Oh and no, like, no, no! I'm not saying it's and the like same rhetoric, and, but it's yeah. it. Yeah, I mean, it's it kind of American this, first. Like it's you're that saying. kind of, and uh, and Biden seems in a lot of ways to be kind of govern. I mean, kind of be governing that way as much as you can govern on the international stage. Like we're going to, and even uh, France's. Um, even France, uh, well, they're always pithy, but they, uh, f- because France recalled the ambassador to the United States mm-hmm. and uh, Ladron, uh, who is the, the French ambassador on, as he was parting says like, this is, you know, this is, this is Trump. Like he basically said like, this is a Trump move. Wow. He called out Biden right on the carpet. Like this is something we'd expect from Trump. And uh, Biden even today had a call with Macron uh-huh. and basically st- admitted that he didn't apologize, but Biden said like there could have been better communication. And it's just like, okay, well, I, I just it it one hundred percent that move one hundred percent bettered the United. Like that was such a tra- like that was a transactional move, and it may end up being the right move, right? But it's that was such a very transactional way of going about sure. foreign policy and you got me thinking like is biden just biden's just a, a a real is biden just a realist with with better words okay like he can articulate yes his foreign policy in mm-hmm. a way that all of us can be like okay this move makes sense because like this and you understand kind of where he's coming from mm-hmm. but a lot of his seeming a lot of seemingly a lot of his moves like trump mm-hmm. um are almost feel like it's it's kind of transact it's almost it, they feel so far transactional okay and some of them fly in the face of their stated goals and other ones like seem to strengthen the right. stated goals right so i just don't i don't have a good feel for his policies right, right, right for right. him as a president right now and i mean it's only been a, it's been less yeah. than a year yeah and like Sasaki has said we've had crisis after crisis right. after crisis, but that's why you hired the people that you hired, right? I mean, yeah. Blinken, uh, Blinken has been kind of left in the wind in the State Department. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, have an answer for Afghanistan. Oh, this is off topic, but did you see? So, uh, Blinken was called to the Hill. The foreign, the Senate Foreign Relations Committee mm-hmm. was grilling Blinken over Afghanistan, okay. which. Is I, I'm glad that they're doing. We right. need to see congressional oversight of this. Yes, and accountability and, like, and accountability of the executive branch. Yes. Like, um, it, it's, Congress needs to assert, assert some dominance in the foreign policy realm. There needs to be some yes. sort of like 
like you said, accountability for executive actions abroad. But some, this one Republican senator, I forget his name, spent his time grilling Blinken about the mute button that supposedly Biden has. Have you heard this conspiracy, no. this Fox News conspiracy, that there's this... Um, that somebody, whoever is controlling Biden, right. has a mute button on his mic. So every time he starts going off about corn pop or like starts saying something he's not supposed to say, yeah. they dump his mic. It's not Does true. Does it happen often? No. It's oh. happened once. But oh. they keep making it. His mic cut out one time. Yes. But he has a stutter. Yeah. So a lot of times it sounds like he like has stopped talking. And that's because yeah. he's trying to catch his words. So there's this whole conspiracy about how his mic just gets dumped anytime he's going off the rails and his handlers need to get him back on. Yeah. But it's something that lives, well, at least should be living in the in the Fox News media verse. Yes. But some oh idiot senator God. is asking Blinken, he's like, do you mean to tell, he's like, I want to ask you about the mute button and why the president of the United States is being muted. And Blinken's like, there's a button doesn't, that button doesn't exist. And the guy and the guy's like, so you mean to tell this council that that button doesn't exist? And Blinken's like, no. And this guy kept pressuring Blinken for several minutes about this non-existent mute button. That's all fucking YouTube videos and likes, dude. That's what that is. But think about how awful that is. Like we're finally. I know. We're wasting our time. He's wasting our time. Yeah. Well, he's wasting (laughs) our time. Our like. To get, tax an- dollars. to get answers <laughs> about something. And this dude is talking about some Fox News crackpot talking yeah. point? Yeah. Fuck. And I'm sure that whole thing was just made in passing. Like, sure seems like Biden might have a mute button that cuts him off whenever he starts rambling. And then from there spirals into something where the fucking senator's questioning about it. The Secretary of State. Yeah. Like, as if the, somehow the Secretary of State would know about it. Yeah. I bet Whatever. Hugh's controlling that button. Every time Biden's about to slip up where they keep the children, they gotta <laughs> they gotta they gotta dump his mic. Dude. I I just the more and more I'm like because I've been I've been watching more Q videos and like Have you really? Oh yeah, dude. Man, I can't even give myself They to are that not shit. like when I didn't give you due credit or or the validation of like them not being tethered in reality. Holy shit. How do you think that way? Just the most bizarre things that they are connecting that Mm -hmm. are completely, like, nearly impossible sometimes. Like, what are you talking about? Like, Trump is the savior? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, dude, I watched this one. Like, so, by uh, right before January 6th, there was this dude, and they, like, talking they talk in like code. Mm-hmm. Have you heard them? Like they they make clicks with no. their with their uh, in the middle of their sentences. They give to talk to each other uh-huh. in code. They have like they click. Okay. Their um so then you can pick up on the clicks and then so yeah. it's they're delivering their actual secret message that it's underneath. Okay. The veneer of their whatever it is whatever that they're saying. saying. Yeah. Uh, but I was watching this one dude and he's in Georgia and it's just one of those like I want to sit in my car with my. And he was like this ex, like ex marine dude, saw the high and tight with the the flat top uh, look, and he um, was saying that uh, he's like, yeah, Italy had a uh, blackout. This was 
I think in like December, and he's basically saying so. Biden took off with SEAL Team Six because you can't, you can't, tr- uh, not Biden, Trump oh, took okay. off with SEAL Team oh, Six. What? Um, took off with SEAL Team Six and Air Force One. And I'll see if I can find this video. Yes. It's got to be in my saved video somewhere. And uh, so this is the story he's spinning. And like they see things, and then like, oh, it must mean this. Mm-hmm. I don't know how you get. Like you were saying, I don't know how you get to this reality. Yeah. But uh, so after after Trump lost the election, he took off an Air Force One, uh, which he is using as like a mobile command center to track down all of the uh, all of the um, kidnappers in oh the sex trade God. globally. And so him and you can't trust the, the greater apparatus of the military. Right. But the special forces who answer directly to the president, those mm-hmm. are the only military forces that you can that you can trust. Okay. Because they're not tainted by the cabal. <laughs> they're on a control of the cabal. So, so Biden and insane. SEAL Team Six get on Trump to and seal, they're seal they're team. on because at the same time that the blackout went out in Italy, yeah. uh Trump left on Air Force One. Okay. So him and SEAL Team Six went to Italy and kidnapped the Pope. And uh because the Pope is the head of the of the children, the pedophile the, rings. The, yeah, the pedophile ring, the, okay. the child nappers. Okay, and he's going. He's bringing the Pope back to the United States to show everybody, and going to get the Pope basically to. He's after arresting the Pope, he's going to get the Pope to plead guilty to mm-hmm. all these international crimes and expose the cabal. And Trump then will be ushered back in as president. That was going to happen. That was going to happen. So that linear thinking is that linear? No, <laughs> because to me, the line I'm drawing is. Here's Donald Trump. Here's 146 pictures of him with Jeffrey Epstein. (laughs) (laughs) And Jeffrey Epstein being caught, like, clearly engaging with children. Mm -hmm. But Trump is the almighty savior against pedos. Yes. Yes. That's the line I'm drawing there. Dude, I don't get it. But and so anyway, what what's been your experience with the Q people? Well, I I I just I'm going to end on this. Okay. You're talking about a secret language. Mm -hmm. So I I told you about my birthday morning. I woke up and found Cheyenne's notes Mm -hmm. to all her friends and between all her friends. Are they hieroglyphics? No, they're they're very very like hey. Like, what do you think about this? What do you think about this? I'm not going to get into the details because I don't want to put her on blast. Sure, I get it. Because she's going to listen back to every episode one day and be like, you motherfucker. (laughs) So she's talking about all these things that I have to address as a parent. Oh, no. And then today, Jen goes, hey, so I guess we're at the stage now of being a 12-year-old where her and her friends are coming up with their own languages and, and hieroglyphics. I said, yeah. That's because we're finding their fucking notes, and they're like, we got to find out a way so they don't know what the fuck we're talking about. (laughs) Oh, God. Yeah. Parenting. Yeah, it's awesome. All right, bye, guys. Bye.